Welcome to the Formula Scout podcast. Formula Scout was established in 2011 and is home to regular news and features in the world of junior single-seater racing, tracking the progress of future Grand Prix stars. In today's episode, we're talking to Red Bull Junior and Carlin Formula 2 racer Jehan Daravala. Uh, and apologies for any audio issues that appear in this podcast. Now, Daravala started his career at Force India with their one-in-a-billion hunt in karting in 2011. He wasn't actually quite old enough to enter the competition, and he's about to explain how he got his chance to start his motorsport career. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the one-in-a-billion hunt was uh, for people uh, between the age group of 14 and 18. And uh, I think I was just uh, 13 at the time, so I was not eligible to take part. Uh, but uh, out of 100 participants, out of 100 uh, finalists, they would have uh, one above the age of 18 and one below the age of 14. So, uh, yeah, I was the one who got in below the age of 14. Mm. And, and how many like races in karting had you done prior to that, uh, and especially at a top level? Uh, I was. Uh, I did two years of uh, of racing back home in India, but uh, nothing abroad. Mm. Just uh, just racing back home. Yeah, and the, the Rotax National Championships. Yeah, and and the finalists of that one in a billion hunt obviously came to the UK, and you did the kind of like one week shootout at Silverstone. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, finally, it was just ten of us who came to England for the shootout and we had a bunch of stuff. Uh, we had training at the Porsche Human Centre, we had uh, media sessions at Force India and also karting at Daytona. So it was a mix of, of all stuff to evaluate us over a week. Mm. And did that give you a taste of what like the British karting scene was going to be like when you then moved over to start racing there? Uh, I mean, not, not really because uh, we just, uh, I mean, drove not particularly fast go-karts, but just uh, 10 of us around Daytona, so I didn't really have a chance to drive on any other uh, tracks or versus any European opponents. It was just uh, 10 of us from India driving on our own. Hmm. So was it quite an eye-opener when you were then going into competition against the the top drivers in Britain the year after? Yeah, it was uh, quite difficult to say uh, when I first came. I think uh, more than anything also the, the climate in England, the change of weather continuously is, was quite hard for me with the rain, even snow and stuff. I was not used to that back home. It was always kind of dry. <laughs> I never really drove in the rain until I came. Doing it, so it was a big, a big difference for me. Yeah. And what were the kind of expectations that Force India gave you that year to achieve either in results or like personal improvements? Well, it was all about uh, I mean, improving really to the year to see where we are. They themselves didn't know how we would do, I think, uh, in Europe. But uh, after the first season, I had a couple of podiums, and uh, it went quite well. So uh, they kept me on for another year and expect me to win the championship the next season. Mm. Which you then did, winning the British KFJ title in 2013. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I was racing against um, Daniel Tictum and Enam. Uh, yeah, it was uh, really close. I won finally in the last one, in the last race. Mm. Uh, and then you went kind of international, and you joined Ricky Flynn Motorsport. And I guess this is a, a trend throughout your career that you've always been with really good teams for supporting young drivers. So how kind of crucial was Ricky Flynn at that time to help you get those big results on the continent? Yeah, uh, like you said, I've been fortunate to be uh, able to drive at good teams throughout my career going up the ladder. 
I think uh, I mean it's it's just uh, one thing leads to another. I think if you if you're in a good team, then uh, obviously you have better results, so it helps you for the for the future. So uh, it was good that uh, India allowed me and gave me the opportunity to drive for a top team. And I also had a top uh, driver coach at that time who was uh, Terry Foot. Mm. And obviously the the results in senior karts were very good. Second in Germany and and third in the World Championships. Was that probably the kind of the toughest competition you'd ever faced in the 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 World Championship competition? Yeah, I think uh, karting itself is uh, it gets very difficult because you have like uh, maybe hundred people there at World Championships. So to consistently be at the top through the year, it gets very difficult. So to do that throughout the season uh, gave me a lot of confidence that uh, I can compete with the best guys. Mm. Uh, and obviously, karting weekends are. Uh, are very long they run from like Wednesday to, to Sunday occasionally uh, so did you have time to consider your future options like were you testing cars at the time as well uh, no uh, actually uh, my my rivals moved to Kaiser the year before me I kind of stayed and did another year of senior karting uh, and then uh, I was actually advised to do another year of karting but I think I made the decision by myself to move up I felt that uh yeah, I was ready to move up to single seaters, and uh, when I arrived there, I learned that it was a completely different skill by itself. I mean, there's a lot of stuff similar to karting, but it doesn't mean that if you're good in karts, you're gonna arrive to single seaters and be good. It takes uh, a lot of practice and hard work to move up the ladder. Mm. And what? Why did you pick Formula Renault then for your first year in single seaters rather than Formula Four, which is a kind of more entry level category? For to be honest, I just took the advice of uh, of other people. Uh, in hindsight, I think it was a, a step, a really difficult step, because uh, I was competing against guys who were in Formula Renault for three, four years. So uh, it was quite difficult for me in my first season to do well. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it helped me learn a lot, and gave me a perspective of how tough the competition is and how hard I need to work for the future. So yeah, I think. Uh, my my career path has kind of been similar, just uh, sticking to two years uh, of formula to learn the first one and uh, fight for the championships in the second. Mm. But in the in those second seasons, for example, in Formula Renault, you moved to the dominant Joseph Kaufman racing team, but had quite a, a tricky second season. Uh, what what was the the reasons behind the results not quite being as high as you would have expected? Yeah, so I mean. Really, uh, frankly, I mean, uh, a lot of the time I was down on power. Uh, we couldn't figure out why it was. Like uh, even tracks like Spa, I qualified second, but I was losing four, five, ten to my teammates down the straights. So we weren't, didn't really, we could not figure out the whole season. I uh, changed engines, gearbox, everything, but it didn't really, didn't really help. Everywhere I went, I was kind of lacking power. So uh, it made it really difficult change chassis and stuff but nothing really seemed to help mm. so uh, I kind of uh, felt like I was being held back I actually had a better first season than I did in my second year mm. and was that mentally quite tough having those kind of issues that are out of your control that were holding back your results yeah it was difficult I mean because uh, everyone on the outside didn't really know what was happening but uh, I think uh, Lando who was my teammate uh, he could see it himself that uh I was uh, I was being shown 
to be as not as good as I was. So uh, he clearly saw that I had the potential to do very well. That's why the next season I decided to move up the category to go to Formula Three. Hmm. And obviously during this time you also did the Toyota Racing Series, uh, and you won the New Zealand Grand Prix. So that must have been a pretty special time. But was the the car down in New Zealand as applicable to the Formula Renault you were racing, and then Formula Three? Uh, the car in New Zealand is yeah probably closer to Formula Renault than it is to most other cars. I think a lot of drivers say it's close to Formula Four, which I've never done. So, uh, but for me, uh, yeah, it's close to a Formula Renault in terms of power and speed. So, uh, for me, it didn't really take too long to adapt when I went to New Zealand. Mm. And with Force India, kind of very happy with you taking that important win after quite a tricky season in uh, Formula Renault. Yeah, I think uh, they were happy. I mean, uh, I, I always had uh, the data and stuff from the races, so they didn't have a blind eye towards it. They could see uh, what was happening, so I always kept them in the loop. Mm. And that, that first season in European F3, which was your first year with Carlin, um, I th- you were the second best rookie, and that was a, a very stacked field. And I believe you took pole in your second race meeting. So you're obviously very quick in the car. But like, how long did it take for you to really understand the car, in your opinion? Uh, I feel uh, the Formula 3 car, the old Formula 3 car, is probably one of the best cars I've driven. Uh, it didn't take me too long to adapt. It's just because the, the car has uh, so much downforce compared to other cars that it's, uh, in a way, it just gives you confidence to keep pushing. And, uh, yeah, my first season, like you said, went quite well. I mean... Uh, there were very good drivers that year, a uh, full field. So in the end, to finish uh, just outside the top five and second rookie was a, a good year for me uh, in general after having a poor season the year before in Renault. Mm. And and how much did you learn in that Formula 3 car? Because it's uh, a car that's obviously always referred to as one that's really good for developing drivers. Yeah, I learned a lot, to be honest. Also, we had uh, very good teammates. Uh, obviously, Lando, who went on to win the championship, helped us out in the beginning of the year, as well as Ferdinand. So, we were all competitive and it helped us move forward that year. Mm. And then the second year, um, I remember being in the paddock at the time, and uh, Carlin had tyre issues, I believe, like just struggling to get on top of the, the Hankook rubber. Am I right there? Yeah, uh, I mean, the Hankook said that nothing had changed with the tyres, but. Uh, Clearly, something was not right because uh, I mean, uh, we went from being really competitive the year before to just being like either all right or just completely out of the picture. So it was, uh, yeah, weird, a weird year to be honest. Uh, I felt like I was driving a lot better than the year before. Uh, also, I had a very good uh, teammates again, Sasha and Ferdinand, and they struggled a lot as well. Uh, I kind of out qualified them most of the time through the year. And uh, yeah, it didn't. Uh, it wasn't a good result again on paper, but I didn't really lose confidence that year. I think uh, the guy also said, didn't blame me or anything. They gave me the confidence that uh, I was still driving well. Mm. Uh, and obviously, because it was such a, an odd issue with the tyres and not quite understanding why it wasn't providing the kind of pace you wanted, did that help you building kind of this problem-solving skills that you need higher up the single-seater ladder, and obviously especially in F1? Yeah, I think it uh, obviously helps. Uh, I think uh, at the end of the day, however bad the car is, you have to just drive it as fast as you can. 
and I tried to do that as much as I could through that season. But uh, yeah, a lot of times I qualified sixth or seventh, and uh, yeah, I was uh, felt like I did really good laps, and my teammates were like not in in the top 18, so. I mean, it, they were good laps, so I had confidence in myself, even though it did look from the outside. I was qualifying 6th and 7th, but those laps felt like pole position laps. So, I was still uh, believing in myself that if I had a good machinery, that I could compete in the front. Mm. Uh, and obviously, the Force India team went under a, a new ownership in the middle of that year. So, how did that affect you behind the scenes and kind of the support you were getting? Did it kind of just end overnight? or? It didn't really end overnight. There were... They said that we would talk and take things forward, but uh, yeah, over a period of time, there weren't really any conversations that wasn't really, didn't look like they were really interested to like carry on. So yeah, we just decided that it was best to just uh, split and me go my own way. Mm. Uh, and how much can you kind of say that you've learned from the Force India team and and what skills did you pick up there, and what kind of support, in addition to you know helping you find the best teams, did they give you? Uh, to be honest, uh, there was not too much on the financial side. Uh, I used to go to the factory a bit, uh, just uh, you know to keep in touch with the guys, but there was not too much, I would say, uh, as far as uh, as too much help with me getting better as a driver. I was first thought of doing all that stuff myself. Uh, with the team I was racing with, they were just uh, wanting me to get good results and uh, pretty much uh, see where I go towards the future. Mm. Uh, and obviously, Carlin did compete in FIA three last year, but you moved to Prima, which uh, ended up being the dominant team. So, so why did you think Prima was the was the team to go to, given it was new to GP3 slash Formula 3? Uh, and obviously, what are your assessments of that season? Because it was a, a brilliant year. Yeah, so I think uh, uh, late towards the year before, uh, when I was having a tough time, uh, my my driver coach Peter Bellman's obviously uh, uh, knows uh, Renee and stuff. So we they started the conversations then, and uh, Peter kind of told Renee that I think uh, he's good, but he's not been given the car to perform. I don't think people were quite sure at the time, but uh, yeah. By the end of Macau uh, is when I signed the contract with Prima the year after. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I was just looking forward to a first start. Uh, and I also had two really good teammates, so I was uh, not really concerned how fast the car would be, but just uh, to make sure I can do as well as I can. And uh, yeah, we started off still away quite good in uh, Barcelona. From then on, really never looked back. The season just kept going better and better and uh, I had just one round in Budapest which was bad uh, yeah, I, had, uh, I was blocked in qualifying and qualified uh, P17 but uh, other than that uh, the whole year was very good I always qualified in the top 4 and uh, I think on qualifying I was the best throughout the year so yeah, in general speed I was uh, really happy with how the year went and uh, yeah I was just pretty unlucky at the last race in, in Sochi I think if, uh, if my car just started for the, the last race, I would have easily finished the points and came home in second. But yeah, clearly there was an issue and I, I couldn't start the race. I had to start from the pit lane. Mm. Was that a, uh, a throttle kind of training issue? Yeah. Uh, it was basically on the, the throttle. It was revving at full throttle. So there was some, some kind of malfunction on the, uh, I mean the sensor or something which they had to change. 
Uh, and did you tackle that season on like a race by race basis or did you always have the title in the back of your mind like what's your approach when you're in that scenario where you're fighting for a title uh, no I didn't really uh, to be honest think about the, the title too much because I knew that uh, in one weekend it can all go away so uh, I tried uh, to just race as hard as I could so I think if anything I was uh, maybe a bit too cautious in the in spin races just uh, maybe on the first laps, knowing that I had the pace to come through. So uh, instead of uh, being more aggressive and having a fight chance to win the spin race, I was kind of just seeing how it was going to be because I had the pace. While uh, Robert was more aggressive at the start, making up more positions. So I think that's what he edge over me, if anything. Hmm. Uh, and obviously in the Sochi season finale, that was when you first started talks of Red Bull. Uh, was that literally the very first time you'd ever spoken to Dr. Helmut Marco? Yeah, it was the first time. It was uh, after qualifying in, uh, in Sochi. I uh, qualified second and uh, yeah, then I went with my dad to meet him at the Red Bull Hospitality. And and how did those first talks go? Like, Was, it, was he very interested? Uh, I think, yeah, it went well. Obviously, I was very nervous, but uh, my dad and him did uh, most of the talking. Uh, he said that the season has gone really well and uh, that they're keen to take things forward. So, it was pretty much our first conversation. And uh, he was going to obviously speak to the head of Red Bull and the bosses before coming back to us. But uh, he seemed uh, interested to uh, start a relationship. Mm. Uh, and how long did those takes, uh, sorry, how long did those talks come to take? Uh, to actually sign a deal and, and was that affected by the injury did that kind of add some uncertainty to those talks yeah I mean we did have the talks uh, and then I got obviously injured before Macau so uh, yeah my dad uh, did uh, inform Dr Helmut that uh, I got injured so uh, uh, I mean he wasn't really too bothered about it he just said that we have to now wait till uh, to see how he gets better and uh, as soon as I was uh, better in uh, January, February, after my rehab, then we announced it, and uh, yeah, that's probably, mm. I probably would have announced it later, if not earlier, if not for my injury, so we had to just wait to make sure I was alright. Uh, and did that also delay signing a Formula 2 deal until you knew you could actually, you know, like, use your leg to full potential? Oh, uh, no, I already, uh, I mean, we didn't officially sign, but I made, uh, we kind of said that I would be doing it, uh, you know. As long as I'm alright, I would be racing, and I was pretty sure I would be alright. But same with the Red Bull dealers. Only when I was fully fine that I actually signed the contract with Callum. Mm. Uh, and what actually caused the knee injury? Like, was it a sport yeah, injury? I just, yeah, I was playing football, and I just uh, yeah, I ruptured my uh, knee badly. I tore my ACL, my MCL, and yeah, it was quite bad. Hmm. Uh, and obviously it required surgery so was that quite intrusive surgery or just kind yeah, of yeah it was quite intense it was like a four hour surgery and then uh, I had a the first six to eight weeks I was not allowed to put my foot down but I still had to go to a rehab clinic every day and, uh, <laughs> how did you do that then <laughs> so I, I had a, a I should just go with my uh, my driver back home in my car I used to sit with my crutches and then uh, I just walk on my crutches so obviously I could put my left foot down so I used to just hop on my, my left foot and uh, do my rehab hmm. uh, and given you missed the Macau Grand Prix and the 
post-season F2 test, were you still like in contact looking at data during that off-season, even though you didn't get to drive the car? Uh, a little bit in touch with my uh, engineer for this year. I mean, I knew he was going to be my engineer, but I didn't really see too much. I just watched the races by myself, watched Macau and stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, I knew the season was a long way away, so I didn't really uh, look at much data. I just try to focus on myself, just getting better. Yeah. Uh, and obviously when you, you did get to drive the car, I mean, uh, I've got some of the, the test times and the data here and your, your pace was remarkable. So on the, the long runs, so uh, I took the best kind of consecutive 10 lap paces and yeah. you were well over five seconds faster than any other driver managed. And, you know, that was your very first time in F2 car. Were you surprised by, you know, how quick you were immediately? Yeah, I mean... Uh, we had a lot of data. I mean, uh, Colin helped me a lot to adapt and uh, tell me what to do. I think uh, it's really hard to judge timings through testing. Uh, but like you said, all went as well as it could, really. I didn't uh, feel uh, that I was completely out of the game. As soon as uh, I started driving the long runs, I kind of felt the, the heavy fuel and the tires. So I think I just uh, drove on feel uh, most of the test. Uh, I think the the shorter run pace was even better because uh, on the lap that I did a uh, 41.2, which was uh, second fastest, I actually got blocked three tenths in the middle sector. So and it was the only uh, lap that I had did on options in the in the cold because uh, all the other drivers did option option in the night. Well, uh, at Colin, we decided to do just one option run. Mm. So we just did a one option run and uh, still I got held up by a few tens there. So it was, uh, like I said, the speed is uh, something that you can't really judge too much in testing, but I was very comfortable in the cold straight away. It took me like one session to adapt to the delay a bit on the turbo, but after that I just feel pretty confident. Mm. Uh, and that lap you spoke of, the uh, 1 minute 41.260, you're only... 0.008 seconds off uh, the fastest lap of anyone so if you hadn't been blocked you would have been some two temps clear so that's a uh, you know fairly ominous pace for your opposition and uh, i know you've spoken of potential rivals this year already i, th- I think i named uh, quite a few drivers i think uh, honestly if i say i think uh, uh the if he does the full season will obviously be one of the favorites just down to his experience and speed uh then uh, obviously the rookies from last year did well, like Callum, uh, Joe, uh, Mick, and Juliano. So uh, I think apart from that, also us rookies who are coming in are going to be really fast. So overall, I think the whole season is going to be really competitive. I can't really name one or two people specifically who are going to be the rivals, but uh, I think there's going to be a lot of different race winners. So it's going to be a season of consistency. And uh, who was consistent throughout the season, I think, will come out on top. Mm. And uh, in addition to the turbo, obviously, Formula 2 have these larger wheels and larger tyres this year. Um, and what was your kind of response and feedback to driving with them? I mean, I didn't drive the, the old version of the car, so I didn't really know. So for me, it was just uh, another car. I didn't drive the Abu Dhabi test, so I didn't really have a difference of how the other one was. Mm. So, and probably that helped me in a way not to really think about the other tire. I just drove to how this car felt, and for me, it felt alright. It's quite easy to lock up late in the braking zones if you have uh, too much steering on. 
but apart from that, I I felt that it was not it was quite normal. I didn't really feel like a big difference. Just the tires are higher, which I quite like because you can see more of them while you're driving. Mm. So that was good. Uh, and given in previous series, you've normally spent two years to you know learning gear and then a title changing year. Is that still the plan for Formula Two this year, or do you think you can go for the title uh, on the first attempt? No, I think I'll try. Yeah. Obviously, similar to last year, uh, even though it was uh, it was called Formula Three, it was obviously a new series for me, and I was quite competitive out of the box. So that's going to be my goal for this year as well. I think to more than anything, just be consistently fast and try not make mistakes throughout the season. I think that'll help. Uh, I don't really know how many rounds and stuff we're still going to have, but yeah, I'm looking forward to now getting racing. I think go. Uh, We've had uh, quite a few months off and uh, I can't wait to start the season. Mm. Uh, and on race weekends as well, if uh, you know the current arrangements allow, would you be incorporated in the Red Bull Formula 1 team as well? Will you be you know, in the garage, etc.? Uh, I don't really know. Too much. We really haven't uh, spoken too much about all of that, to be honest. Uh, I mean, it would be cool, but for me, the main focus is just the Formula 2 stuff. I mean, I'm sure I'll, be, I'll have a pass. And anyways... Formula 2 drivers have a pass for the F1 paddock, so I think, uh, I don't know how it's going to be with the uh, stuff with the coronavirus, if they're going to allow uh, the guys from F2 to even meet Formula 1, so I don't think that's going to happen. Mm. I think uh, they're just going to have very few people there, even all our briefings and stuff are probably going to be over video call and stuff, so I don't think we're going to be meeting too many people on the race weekends. Mm. Uh, and since signing the the Red Bull deal, have you been doing much work with them back in the UK? Have you, you been in the F1 factory? Yeah, I was in the F1 factory. It's supposed to be the bar and race to prepare on the simulator. But, uh, yeah, that was the the first time I, I went. I've been there many years ago, but this was the first time after I became a Red Bull junior that I went. And then, yeah, the, obviously the, the virus stuff kicked down after that. And I was back home. I think uh, once they open, uh, I'm not sure. I think they open on the 29th, but uh, I'll probably drop in again for uh, preparation for round one before the season starts. Mm. And, and do you think the delay to the start of the season may have been a slight advantage, and that it's you know it's allowed your knee to fully recover, and you know your being a rookie is less of a disadvantage if there's going to be a, a longer time for people to to learn the data from testing. I mean, I mean, uh, I don't think the data stuff really matters. Even with my knee, to be honest, I was ready for the season to start. Uh, so, I mean, it's just given me more time to make it stronger. And just, you know, uh, if anything, I'd rather be racing. So, uh, it's it, it, yeah, it's just like that. I'd rather be racing than sitting. Hmm. Uh, and are you approaching this season knowing that there, there could be a Formula 1 seat on the line the year after or are you just purely, purely focused on Formula 2? Uh, I mean, it's not uh, it's wrong to say that it's not in the back of my mind because uh, it obviously would be. Uh, but uh, yeah, my, my main focus is to do well in Formula 2 because I know if I don't do well, I will not get the call to go to Formula 1. So. Yeah, my, my main goal is to do well this year and just be fast throughout the season. Uh, and I guess my last question is, given you uh, got your injury playing football, has, has Red Bull told you to hold back on playing any football prior to the season beginning? 
Uh, we haven't told him anything, but I've done it by myself. Yeah, I'm kind of retired sometimes. Awesome. Thanks for your time, Johan, and uh, yeah, you know, you. hope you have a great season ahead of you. Yeah, thank you.